said. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 10. If you'd stand to your feet if you got it. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 10. This is a scripture that is near and dear to my heart because I feel like I have lived this scripture many, many times in my life. I'll be reading out of the English Standard Version today. This is what it says. Paul tells us, So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given to me in my flesh a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being, coming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God, I pray that you would just add your blessing and your anointing to your word today. Speak to every heart and every mind. Let us grow in our faith and knowledge of you. God, we love you, and we thank you for what you're going to do in this service today. And in your name we pray, amen and amen. You may be seated. I feel like at some point in all of our lives, we have felt what this scripture is talking about. That there is just this nagging, horrible pain that we feel in some area of our life. That it just, no matter how many times we pray and ask God to just remove it, it remains. That this is, this is something that we all live very often. I find myself very regularly living this scripture. I'm like, God, why am I dealing with this? Why does this have to happen this way? Will you just take it away from me? And it's funny is when we pray about these types of things, God is always faithful to give us an answer, but we don't always like the answer he gives us. Paul's cried out three times and said, Lord, take this pain from me. Take this thorn from me. Take this torment from me. And God answers his prayer, but he says, Nope, I'm not going to take it from you because my grace is sufficient for you and my power and my strength is made perfect in your weakness. That's not the answer I'm sure Paul really wanted to hear at first. Now, we get to read a little bit on in the next couple of lines here where he says, well, now I'm going to boast about it all the more gladly for my sufferings because I know the power of Christ rests upon me. But I'm, I'm sure that there was some time that had passed before he felt that way about it. God told him that, but it took some time. Like, we, we have, we have the, this, this thing where we read the scriptures and, and we see just how quickly things happen in writing. But I believe that there could have been days, maybe even months of suffering before Paul really understood what God was saying in his answer. I believe that there was time that had passed before Paul really understood what God meant when he said, my grace will be sufficient for you and my power will be made perfect in your weakness. I'm sure some time passed and so Paul suffered for, 
I don't know how long, but it wasn't like an instantaneous revelation that he had. So we get a luxury. We get to read these things and see what happened in other people's lives in the scriptures, and then we can look at it, and we should, we should apply it instantly. See, they learned a lot of hard lessons, the long way, the hard way, the painful way, and to where we should just be able to read it and be like, okay, I learned from this guy's mistake. I'm not going to do what he did. Unfortunately, we don't learn from it that quickly because for whatever reason, we may think it does not apply to us. Uh, it, we're not going through that same situation. And, and, but, but if you really look at it, there's not a lot of difference between us and those who live before us in the Scriptures. You may not have been like King David and had somebody murdered to cover up an adulterous situation, but I would be willing to bet that at some point in your life you may have had lustful thoughts, which Jesus said is just as bad as committing adultery. You may have had hateful thoughts, which Jesus said if you have hate in your heart, you have murdered your brother. So in one way, we may not be on their level, but in another way, we may be way worse. Because the matters of the heart weigh way more heavily than what we do physically. We may not have killed somebody physically. We may not have committed adultery physically. But we certainly at some point in time have sinned in some way, shape, or form in those manners. We may not have dove into the world of drugs and alcohol. But we certainly have other addictions and things that we deal with in our life. There's one addiction. It's this little rectangle that fits in your pocket. Some of yours flip open. Some of them don't. It lights up. It beeps. It makes lots of noises. And you find yourself spending hours upon hours scrolling through it. If you haven't caught on yet, I'm talking about your cell phone. I get weekly screen reports. It tells me how much time I spent on an average per day and Sometimes I just get sick with myself. But we all have things in our life, and when we begin to dive into these stories, we relate far more than we ever want to admit. And what I want to tell you today is that we relate to Paul more than we think we do. And I think some things we are more willing to admit than others. But if there's anybody that can help us today to understand suffering and to conquer suffering, it is Paul himself. Paul is probably one of the most qualified people. Because during Paul's ministry, he found himself being beaten numerous times. He was stoned once. He spent a lot of time in prisons. And these aren't like the nice prisons that we have today. And you may think, what are you talking about, nice prisons? Well, they get three hots and a cot. At least, Paul was put in a dungeon where there was plenty of human uh, fecal matter and things that were floating around around him, and he was chained to a wall, and he couldn't really move, and it was dark and stinky, and, and there's rats all over the place. I, I would re much rather be in an American prison today than in the prison Paul was in then. He spent a lot of time in prison. He was shipwrecked three different times. I think after the second time, I'm not getting on a boat ever again. But he was shipwrecked three times. I may have been done after the first one. He spent a, an entire night and one full day floating on debris from one of the shipwrecks. And on top of that, people were always after Paul trying to kill him. 
If there is anybody today that understands suffering, it is Paul. If there's anybody who can teach us about overcoming suffering, it's Paul. And what we need to understand is that Paul is teaching us here is that our suffering and the stuff we deal with is not always such a bad thing. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't, it doesn't bring joy and happiness all the time. It, it actually brings pain. But what Paul is trying to teach us is that that pain actually benefits us. That thorn in our flesh, that thorn in our side that is irritating us and tormenting us actually is leading us to a greater strength and power than we've ever known. This thorn is something that we need to learn how to be thankful for today. I want to talk about two things that the thorn does for us today. The first thing that the thorn does is it reveals it reveals. The thorn reveals. But what, what does it reveal? The first thing it reveals is our weaknesses. You see, sometimes we feel suffering in a certain area of our life. And that is a good indi- indication of that area where that thorn is, is that that area is a little bit weaker than the rest of us because of what the thorn is doing to that area. If you've got a thorn in you, That area is an area you don't really want to touch, you don't want to lean on, you don't want to put weight on, you don't want to, because of the irritation it causes. And now there is a weakness in that area. It reveals to you that you're not as strong as you think you are. Everybody's tough until they get a splinter. Has anybody ever stepped on a nail or got a splinter or something like that in your foot? That is not a fun experience. I've stepped on a nail and got a splinter. In the same foot. It's not a fun experience. But what it revealed to me is I wasn't as tough as I thought I was. It's amazing what a little, little sliver of wood will do to you mentally. The aching pain that something so small can cause you. But it reveals to you that I, I'm not as tough and strong as I thought I was. I, this little sliver, you pull that thing out and you're like, that's all it was? But the relief that you feel when you get that out of you, especially if it's up under a nail and it's in a spot that it's hard to get to and deal with, it is so relieving to get such a small little piece of wood out of you. It's agging and nagging and irritating and agitating. And it reveals to us areas that we are weak in. In other words, for Paul, Paul states that this thorn was given to him so that he would not become conceited, or in some translations it'll say prideful. In other words, this thorn was revealing to Paul that he had a weakness in his pride. Paul, because of the great revelations he had experienced with God, all the knowledge in it, Paul was a a top-of-his-class religious elite before Jesus wrecked him. He knew the scriptures, he knew the law, he knew all of it. And he used it for evil. And he, he perverted it to be used for his own glory. And, and there is this thing where Paul was so worried about building his own kingdom at one point in his life. Back when his name was known as Saul, he, he was a terrible person. He killed many Christians before he got saved. And what he's telling us is, because of all this accomplishment I've had in my life, 
I have an issue with pride. And so that I wouldn't become conceited, a thorn was given to me to keep me humble. You'll get humble real quick if there's a splinter in your foot. You'll get, you, you will come down a few notches when there is pain. There are times when you watch these, if you watch football or any contact physical sport, where you think when you're young, 10-year-old boy, you think these guys are invincible. They're the toughest of the tough until they get injured on the field. And then you're like, wow, even they can get hurt too. And then there are some guys who can never step foot back on the field again because the injury was so bad or their mind was never made right again because of the experience they had through their pain and their injury. These thorns will humble you and make you realize you are not as good and as tough as you think you are. And Paul is saying, I needed that. Paul is saying, I needed to know that I needed humility. He needed to understand his weakness. He needed that revealed to him. The second thing the thorn reveals is what is on the inside of you. The saying goes, the storm on the outside reveals the God on the inside. The storm on the outside reveals the God on the inside. But something I've learned is we're not always talking about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords when we're talking about the God on the inside. Sometimes the storm will reveal the lowercase g, idol God, that we depend on when we're going through a storm. What you turn to for your comfort and your provision and your peace in times of turmoil and when that thorn is nagging tells me what God you serve. If your first reaction is to go to the bar, is to light up something to smoke, whatever it is, the wacky tobacco, the magic dragon, whatever you want to call it. If it's to turn to sexual desires and to fulfill things, I know that's weird and that's graphic to talk about in the church, but I think one of the reasons why we have so many issues with it in the world today is because the church isn't talking about it. If that's your comfort and that's your peace, that tells me that that is your God. But if your first reaction is to go to the word, to go to prayer, to seek the face of God when that thorn gets rough and it starts to really irritate, that lets me know that you serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. See, we don't, we don't like to talk about that because when we bring that up immediately, we all start thinking about how we, when we have a hard time, we'll just turn on Netflix and we will binge watch a show for 48 hours straight just so we can forget about the thorn and we can forget about the issues. We'll, we'll, we'll think about the times we open up the tub of ice cream and the box of pizza and eat the whole thing. I'm talking about myself on that one. Just to forget the loneliness and the pain that we feel. I, that that was me, and we 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 don't want to talk about that because we don't want to admit the weaknesses that we have in our life. We don't want to admit that we do not have the relationship with God that we thought we did. 
I'm not saying this to condemn anybody, but what I am saying is that if that is you, then there are some changes that need to take place in your relationship with him. See, what should happen is that when we are squeezed and we are put under pressure, the thing that should manifest in our life is Christ in us. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 10 says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body of death of Jesus so that the death of, or the, so that, excuse me, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. In other words, as the outside of us gets crushed, the Jesus in us raises up and takes over. And Paul is saying there, that's why we are persecuted and not forsaken. That's why we are struck down but not destroyed. That's why we are perplexed but not driven to despair. That's why we are afflicted but we are not crushed. It's because there is a God on the inside of us that outweighs the things that are going on around us. But it is the thorn that will reveal what truly is inside of you. The next thing that the thorn does for us is the thorn releases. The thorn releases. The first thing it releases is the thorn releases grace. God told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, I'm not going to take the thorn away. Instead, I'm just going to give you grace to walk through this to get to the other side. You see, sometimes our suffering is so that God can release grace to us. If if grace is not needed, then grace cannot be shown. When grace is released, growth comes with it. See, there's this whole thing that God's trying to do in each and every one of our lives, and it is to bring spiritual growth and development in us. I know we don't we're like, well, why can't you just do it all instantly? You don't learn lessons that way. I've, I've learned I don't learn lessons if it's just handed to me. There's, there's a whole generation of people who are entitled to everything under the sun because everything is just being handed to them. There, there is process. There are things that you have to go through. There are situations that mold you and shape you and create you into the person God wants you to be. Titus chapter 2 teaches us, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace is teaching us. It saves us, but it also teaches us. Listen, if God didn't give us grace to teach us, the grace that saved us would be in vain. Because you could save us, but if we don't learn some lessons and we don't grow in godliness and we don't grow in self-control, that salvation will be for nothing. 
because we will turn around and we will go right back to where we were before we were saved. If God doesn't mold us and shape us and grow us and take us in that direction to live godly lives before him, to live in self-control, to live a life holy before him, we will find ourselves back in the same mess we started in. Grace teaches us, but sometimes God's got to irritate some of us in some areas of our life, and he will allow thorns to be placed in areas to draw attention to those areas so that way his grace can move and work in that space. The second thing it does that it releases is strength. I've learned that if you think you can do it on your own, you will always try to do it on your own. And also, you may not even think you can do it on your own. You just don't understand that there is somebody who can help you. So you feel like all you can do is do it on your own. But what a thorn does is it'll make us cry uncle and finally ask for some help and surrender. God says, my power is made perfect in weakness. In order for power to be perfect, it can't be contaminated. In other words, it's got to get us out of the way and get us to where we are not depending on ourselves for strength. I, I kind of got this last night. I was talking to my father-in-law who's sitting right here, Mike. And I, I said, I, you know, I've never read it this way before, but I feel like God's revealed it to me now. It's obvious that the thorn that is in Paul's flesh is a metaphor. It's not, it's not a literal thorn. But if the thorn is the metaphor, then so is the flesh. And when you read Scripture and understand what the flesh is a metaphor for, it is our fleshly human nature that is against and opposed to God. And so what, I, what was revealed to me is that this thorn will be placed in our flesh nature so that we can't lean on our fleshly nature. There will be a thorn that is put in your foot, per se. So that way you cannot put weight on that foot anymore. And if you cannot put weight on that foot, now you need some support and some help to walk because of the pain. And what God revealed to me in the scriptures is that I put that thorn in his flesh so that he would not rely on his flesh. I put that thorn in his flesh so that when, like Paul said, I have pride issues, I have all this knowledge, I have all these revelations, I have all this stuff I've studied for so long in my life, God says, I don't want him to rely on that, I want him to rely on me, so I'm going to put a thorn in that area so that he does not rely on the understanding he gained from his studies on his own, but rather he will rely on the understanding and the revelation that I give him through our relationship together and through the Spirit. God will put thorns in areas of your life that he wants you to rely on him for. He will make finances interesting and hard when he wants you to rely on him for your finances. He will make relationships hard when he wants you to rely on him for relationship help. Listen, I know that, 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 well, I thought God was this loving, caring God who, who just makes everything easy and it's unicorns and cupcakes and rainbows all the time. And it's just flowers and just peace and wonder. 
I don't know who started that teaching, but I just don't find that anywhere in the Bible. I, we are blessed and highly favored. We are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. We're blessed, blessed in the city, blessed in the field as we come in. and as we, All of that is true. But what I read is when Jesus told his disciples, in this life you will have many trials and tribulations. We like to lean on the promises of God and we want to claim the promises of God, but we don't want to claim that promise. That's a hard one to claim. You know, as we get closer to Easter, I start thinking about the suffering of Jesus. I kind of get in this mode where I start going through a theology of suffering as I begin to contemplate those things. And I've just... I've, there are times in my life where it is like rainbows and cupcakes and unicorns and all that wonderful stuff, candy and flowery fields. There are seasons of that. I don't want you to think it's all doom and gloom. But Jesus also said, in this life, there will be many tribulations and trials. So we got to understand that if Jesus said it was going to happen, just like he said all the other things were going to happen, that's going to happen. That is a promise. From It's not a promise we love claiming. We want to we claim the promise that goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Goodness and mercy may follow you, but it's following you through the valley of the shadow of death. Like, I, I want us to understand that it's not weird for a Christian and a believer to go through something hard and painful. It's actually very normal because we are still human. There will come a day when God will wipe every tear from our eyes. Pain and sickness and suffering will be no more. But while we're on this earth, there are things and situations that we will deal with and we will walk through that are going to be painful. Sometimes it doesn't feel like a single thorn in the flesh. Sometimes it feels like you fell in a rose bush and you're covered in them. But God is saying, in that area where you feel pain, that is the area I'm trying to get you to trust me in. It's uncomfortable, and it's nagging, and you wish it would just go away, but I'm not going to take it away because my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. You see this other thought I had with this scripture the other night? Like I said a moment ago, for his power to be perfect, he's got to get our flesh out of the way. Sometimes he'll put a thorn on something so we will take our hand off of it and stop trying to control it so much. See, if I'm, if I'm trying to lift something or open something or pick something up or do something, or work, and all of a sudden there's a thorn that came through and it stabbed me in the hand, I'm taking my hand away. I'm not going to keep my hand there for very long. Sometimes God will say, hold on a second. I didn't intend for your hand to be on this. That's supposed to be where my hand goes. So I'm going to let this thorn pop up here so that way you take your hand off of it. And let me put my hand on it. You see, this thorn, this, this is how Paul was able to figure out what it meant 
when I am weak, then I am strong. That, that, this is what he was getting at, is he was getting at this idea of, I'm going to celebrate this when I have hardship because I know in the area I have hardship, God's going to do a work. The area I feel pain, God is going to do something in. And I'm going to glorify God for it because I know when he does something, he does something. It's not just a, a, a suffering forever. It's not just this, this, this pain without a purpose. But when there is hardship, that means God is working. That means God is doing something. I, I think last week, last Sunday, was a great testament of that for us. If you guys were here, you know our downstairs area flooded on us. We had stuff all wet and nasty and soggy. Mackenzie had to stay home to clean up and take care of all of that. And we've been working with insurance and stuff all week to deal with it. And it has been a thorn in my flesh. It has made me irritated. And, and you know what? It's, it's funny. Because like I said about the splinter, it's such a small little thing. And when you really think about it, it is such a small thing. It's just, it was just a little water. Yeah, it, it ruined some of the flooring and all, and we got to do some work down there. But it's, but in the grand scheme of things, it was just a little water. But something so small can irritate you so much. But what I learned is, is that through this, God was trying to just build my trust in him all the more. Because when I was irritated, I learned it was a test to see where I would turn. It was a test to see how I would pray. I like to think I passed the test. I kind of, I, I think I did. I, I'll be honest, I, I was irritated. Mackenzie probably wanted to slap me a couple times. And on top of all of that, we had mechanical issues with our car going on. But can I tell you that in every one of these needs, God has been faithful all the way through it? But I tell you this to testify, I have lived this scripture, that there are thorns that just poke up and get you all the time. But the question is, are you going to let God have his full work through the thorn? Are you going to let him, or are you going to recognize, let me rephrase that, are you going to recognize what the thorn's purpose is in your life? Sometimes you got to run into a thorn to realize you got to turn around and go the other way. Sometimes these thorns are like an electric fence. They are a barrier and a boundary to keep you from wandering in the wrong areas that you shouldn't be in. There's so much I could say about these thorns. I'm thankful for the thorns. I'm starting to learn, starting to. I say that 
and next week there'll be a much bigger thorn, and then I got to learn it all over again. I learn every day just like you do. But what I've learned is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. I'm going to close with this. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, just a little thing, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient or temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Those little things that nag us and cause us frustration and pain, those things that we see every day that hurt us, all of those things are just very temporary things. But they are working in us to prepare us for a heavy eternal weight of glory that will go beyond all comparison. What God is trying to prepare you for and prepare in you is so much greater than that irritating thorn that you're dealing with right now. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me today?